Donchins pulls up, three-pointer. Bang! Bang! It's good! Donchins wins the game at the buzzer! When 6.15 hits, nothing is off the table. This is No Boundaries with Zach Donaldson and Connor Griffin, live on Com Radio. What's up, Danger? Like, what's up, Danger? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, into No Boundaries. Connor Griffin, Zach Donaldson, right here on Com Radio, live from the Belisario Media Center. Episode six, Zach. Churning through the semester. About to get to Thanksgiving break. We're very excited, as I'm thinking my audio is way too high at the moment. There we go. Testing, testing. Beautiful. I think we're all good. Zach, how are we feeling today? Yeah, we're doing great, actually. I was talking to you a little bit before the show. I'm just getting over uh, at a cold, turned into a sinus infection, not fun on antibiotics right now though and we're we're on the we're on the up and up and coming i got back to the gym this week just came from the gym after two busy weeks just absolutely slammed had to uh you know prioritize school over my my fitness but we got back today and i'm feeling great got a lot of great stuff to talk about today i'm hype he's, he's wearing a, a full-on gym shark sweatshirt He's got the beanie and headphones that he's rocking. Oh, yeah, I forgot yeah, you, my headphones on my head. I'm decked out. Yeah, you could tell he just came from the gym. Love it. Um, I did not come from the gym, but we're going to talk some football. We're going to talk a lot of NFL. We're going to talk some birds. Get started with the oh, birds right now. Birds. They improved to 4-6 and six after beating the Denver Broncos 30-13. to 13. Overall, dominant perform- performance from the birds. Yeah. Could make an argument it was their best performance of the year. Jalen Hurts had an unbelievable first half. Devontae Smith, only four catches on the day, but two of them were touchdowns, one of which was absolutely beautiful. The defense played well, big play slay. Uh, Overall, just a great win for the Birds. And now they've won two of the last three with a stretch coming up that is a little bit favorable. They have the Saints this weekend, and Mm -hmm. the rest of the games after that, you know, this four- or five-game stretch, really not that difficult on paper. Zach? Your thoughts on the birds? Are, are they going to the wild card or just to live in the moment? Or are they doing well right now? Yeah, well, I'm going to I'm gonna pull up the, the wild card standings real quick because I'm not sure actually where they stand. But, hey, I'm going to echo what you said. I think that was the best performance of the season by the birds following up what was their best performance of the season, I think, versus the Chargers. Even coming in a loss, I thought they played really well, showed a lot of growth and, and, and promise, and even more so this week. And they ended up getting the dub versus the Denver Broncos. Obviously, not a powerhouse. Uh, they have a a, a, a couple wins. Um, I think they're five and five now, but mm-hmm. they've they've beat um, pretty much you know garbage teams to put it bluntly. Um, and Eagles were able to able to pull it out. My biggest takeaway: you mentioned Devontae Smith, only four catches. One of them sensational over a first round quarterback, his former teammate yeah. Patrick Sertan. Just awesome. And in that moment, I, I finally, it felt so good because the Eagles have finally hit on a wide receiver. Devontae Smith is a wide receiver, one in this league. 
got two touchdowns on, on Sunday, and that was phenomenal. Jalen Hurts was able to get him the ball and just, you know, s- set him up and, and let your playmaker make plays. That's uh, that's what that's what Hurts has to do. He, you know, he, he did just that. But shout out the ru- the rushing attack too, and Nick Sirianni for making things easier on Hurts, opening up the game a little bit. Once again, Eagles might have uh, found their identity, the ground and pound, and Hurts is obviously a huge, huge part of that. He's probably been, if not for Lamar Jackson, I'd say the the best quarterback on the on the ground so far this season. Um, just a just a great win, and, and it was very very satisfying to to see. And then, like you said, big play Slay making another big play on defense. That's the second second touchdown of the uh, of the season. And I really liked. I, I have to I have to question Nick Sirianni though. Did you, did you see the interview um, where he was talking about the city city fumble yeah. and the country fumble? Being a, a Westchester native, I get the um, you know I get the idea, but uh, I think. I don't know if you consider Westchester um, country. I think I think Lancaster may be more yeah. accurate in that sense. But you know, bottom line is, I really like that he's really taken the reins, and and the team seems to be following in his footsteps. I, Slay was kind of saying the same thing, um, echoing that how it it may be, you know, silly, a little bit cliche, but it works. The intent on the reference between Westchester and downtown Philly it was there yeah it I got we yeah, got yeah. what he was going for I want to go back to the running game though because you look at the stats Jordan Howard 12 carries 83 yards Boston Scott 11 carries 81 yards so both of those guys very productive on the ground that's 6.9 yards a carry for Jordan Howard 7.4 for Boston Scott and then you go to a guy like Jalen Hurts 14 carries on the day 53 yards but he also he had a 31 yard run which was the longest out of anybody on the field so you look at the running game, they've definitely found it. Hopefully they can keep it up in the next you know, couple of games. I think they will be able to because, as we alluded to, the upcoming stretch, not the most difficult uh, at home versus the Saints, then at the Giants, then the very next week in the Meadowlands again at the Jets, uh, Washington football team after that versus the Giants again, then at the Washington football team, uh, and then we close out the season with the Cowboys, which obviously is a tall task. They are going to be the division winners. I'm stamping that in right now i stamped that in about five weeks ago and uh still those couple of games before i think absolutely those are winnable games yeah i mean it looks good i think they're all winnable actually you think even the cowboys and oh excluding the cowboys okay okay i was about to say but yeah now they're second in the division i don't know how it happened (laughs) i every single game i was like essentially almost rooting for this team to fail like i I saw this season as a chalked up waste of a season, at least, you know, get some young guys some reps, but focus on preparing for the future and focusing on specifically the draft. Like, I wanted them to just not essentially tank, but do something similar so we could get better draft picks moving forward. I don't think this current current roster is suited to, to be a contender uh, even, yeah. you know, five years from now. So I wanted them to focus on getting high-level prospects, but they're – maybe maybe gonna go to the playoffs still even though yeah I, I don't think that these young guys are necessarily the future Devonte smith is that's for sure but i don't know mm-hmm. I, i'm very conflicted that whole analogy and that whole analyst that i just had right there 
very conflicted analysis because I, I want the team to lose, but at the same time, I want them to do well. I want them to go to the, the wild card, but I don't want them to go to the wild card. I don't think these guys are the future, but they're doing well enough right now. So it's like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know exactly how to You're speaking it. for most Eagles fans, I, I think. Yeah. So. I, I don't know. Hey, I will say, I mean, got... the, the fact that the Eagles fans are traveling to all these road games still and making these road trips, it's fun to see. Big time. Yeah. What else we got going on in the NFL? I'm trying to think. Well, I mean, hey. Uh, the game last night was pretty wild. The Monday night game. Oh, yeah. That was. What was I the final that. score of that game? Obviously, the Rams, the new-look Rams were absolutely exposed. San Francisco, Debo Samuel blew them up. Trying to find the final score. I forget what it was off the top of my head. 31-10. to 10. Yeah. And uh, I think there are a lot of people overreacting, saying that the Rams aren't a contending team. It's a divisional game. Home. Yeah, 49ers home prime time, you know. First game with all these new guys on the roster for the Rams. I'm not putting that much emphasis on that loss. I think they're going to be just fine. Um, but that was yeah. – I'm still watching that game. It was wild to see. Uh, Chiefs are back. That's another, another big storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're starting to get their offense worked out. They're now, what, 6-4 and four or 5-4? and four? Six and 6-4. Four. 6-4. And four. At the top of the division. At the top of the division. Yeah. Hammered the Raiders. Uh, Packers shut out the Seahawks. Um, where else? Well, yeah, we could get into Panthers blowing out the Cardinals. A lot of blowouts this yeah, week were. in the NFL, except for the the sixteen to sixteen tie between the Lions and the Steelers, which was very funny. Um, but yeah, a lot a lot of blowouts. The Browns get blown out by the Patriots. The Patriots and looking really good, thinking they that they could you know be a real contender in the playoffs. So yeah, we'll we'll circle back though. We'll circle back to uh to the the Panthers Cardinals game. Cardinals obviously still without Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. They're still at eight and two. They're they're still I think going to be just fine. Uh, but yeah, thirty four to ten, Carolina comes away with the win. Pretty solid game by PJ Walker. But Indeed, the, yeah. the main story, of course, is the fact that Cam Newton was re-signed by the yeah. Panthers in the middle of the week. Comes into this game, has a rushing touchdown, and then throws for a touchdown. Overall, I know you're a huge Cam guy. So how are you feeling during this game on Sunday? Feeling phenomenal. That's an understatement. You know, I, th- I think I've, I've said it on the show before. Um, this was a great weekend for me. Outside of the Birds win, seeing Cam suit up in a Panthers uniform. You know, this is a guy who, who I grew up watching, almost idolizing, learning the game, you know, through him. Uh, probably my favorite athlete, uh, at least football player. No, I'll go on to say my favorite athlete. Wow. Um, ever. Just ever? Ever. That's a little much, but go on. Hey, man, what can I say? Seeing him play again, you know, pure joy, it's it's not enough to describe it. I mean, one of the most polarizing players the NFL has ever seen, in my opinion. Super Cam is back. I wanted to talk about this last week uh, after Darnold's injury uh, through three picks and a loss to the Pats. Um, and I wanted to kind of say, hey, the Panthers should look at Cam. He's out there. He's ready to go. And... Matt Rule, he beat me to it. He swallowed his pride, signed the former MVP, the one of the best players, if not the best player in franchise history. And this week, I don't want to say led the team, but certainly, certainly helped. Gave you him know, a spark. Gave him a spark that was much needed. Clobbered the NFC leading Cardinals, thirty-four to ten. You know, that gave me twenty sixteen NFC Championship game energy when they won. I think it was forty nine to to fifteen. Um, and it just the energy was unbelievable on that on that Panthers that Panthers sideline. 
you know, speaking of energy, he's back. His energy is back, and he, he said it himself. He's on an all-time high frequency, and you can see it. You know, his energy is just infectious. It, it injected life into this Panther squad that had none with Sam Darnold at the helm. It was atrocious watching this squad just basically, you know, walk through the, the, the games and just they, they had nothing. They had nothing going for them. And Cam Newton comes back, and he's already leading. You know, you see him talking up his, his guys on the sideline. He's been there for less than a week. You know, in his complimentary role this week, he went three for four, eight yards, one touchdown through the air, three carries, 14 yards, one touchdown on the ground. Nothing crazy. But the Panthers have scored one touchdown on their previous 35 possessions. He scored two when Cam was in there against arguably the best team in the NFL. Now, I know there was no Kyler, no, no DeAndre Hopkins, but still they won 34 points, or excuse me, they won 34 to 10 to get back on track. That 34 points is the most scored under Matt Rule and Joe Brady. Yeah. Now, that to me is the Cam Newton effect. Now, now, you said it. PJ Walker definitely did his due diligence, but I've said this before. I was a big Panthers fan growing up. I don't want to say strictly because of him, but largely, yes, it, it was because of him. And there wasn't a game I looked at on that schedule that I didn't think the Panthers had a chance in because he was under center. Now they get this big win against the Cardinals this week. The rest of the NFC South loses. Panthers are one and a half games behind the Bucks, And, you know, this is a season that gets weirder every week. Um, I feel like the, the improbable is almost becoming the norm. I'm not going to say it'll happen, but I would not be shocked if Cam leads this Panthers team and they make a run down the stretch. They still have to play the Bucks twice. And with Cam, you know, I, I don't I'm not gonna say he's gonna return to his MVP caliber form, but I think with him leading the leading the troops, that's that's definitely definitely possible. And I wanna I wanna close with this. The ref that gave him that unsportsmanlike conduct penalty after his first touchdown back should be jailed. That is criminal. I get that he took his helmet off, and, you know, you can't do that. But, you know, he was so excited to be back in, in a Panthers uniform. I'm so excited to see him back in a Panthers uniform. Next week, he goes back to Bank of America Stadium, facing his old coach, Ron Rivera, and the Washington football team. You know, the Eagles don't play, so keep pounding, baby. Panthers, they're going to make a run. I'm calling it right now. I thought that was uh, totally warranted to give him the unsportsmanlike conduct. I also thought it was a very soft celebration. I don't like the, I'm back, I'm back. Get out of here. All right, man. We can agree to disagree That's not on this for me. one. But you brought up in there one and a half games out of the lead for the division. Just looking elsewhere, uh, NFC West, obviously, Arizona, L.A., those two teams clashing right now. San Francisco definitely helped themselves out last night in that division. So that's going to be really competitive, as it always is. NFC North, Green Bay is running away with that one. NFC mm-hmm. East, same as Dallas. But, of course, as we talked about, the Eagles maybe could work their way into a wild card spot. Uh, Kansas City, they take the lead in the AFC West over the Los Angeles Chargers. Tennessee, could argue, best team in the NFL right now, the way that they're playing. They've won six straight. They are now three games ahead of the Colts for first place in the AFC South. Yeah. And then uh, AFC North, Baltimore still leads, and uh, the Buffalo Bills in the AFC East. Even though it's close, the Patriots are inching their way up there. Um, actually, I think that's only a half-game difference, yeah. Bills still lead, but the Patriots are making things interesting. So as we close out this NFL segment, are there any storylines that you're looking to develop throughout the course of this season? Do you think this 
could get really interesting in some areas of the of the standings. We I, I just mentioned the one I think the Panthers can definitely make a run, make things interesting in that division, especially because I don't think the Saints are going to do much um, with Trevor Simeon or Taysom Taysom Hill at the at the helm, whoever it is. Um, even Al- Alvin Kamara is a little banged up. Um, but right now, as it sits, you know, um, I think the AFC is going to be very very interesting to watch. The NFC, um, the Eagles, I don't want to say that they're going to sneak into a wild card. I, I, haven't, I haven't seen enough yet. Like you said, this, this team, is, it's not really made to be a contender yet. And if they do sneak into the playoffs, probably get washed in, in the wild card game. I would be shocked if not. Um, but on that AFC side, things are, are very, very interesting. Right now, the Bengals, you got the Raiders, Colts. On the bubble, I think they could all get in uh, to the playoffs. The Browns, mm, they got a good team, but they're banged up. Baker got banged up again. So, you know, but I, I'm I'm really watching those those the AFC East is going to be going to be very interesting. I think I'll pro- the Bills will probably take it. You know, I think I want to say you mentioned the Chiefs are back. I think the Bills are are back too. Yeah. Um. You know, Sean McDermott went back to the drawing board and said, "Hey, like we gotta we gotta get our get our stuff together." Clobber the Jets, forty five to to seven or something like that. Yep. Um, AFC North could get really interesting. Steelers are in the playoffs right now. Um, I think you know the Bengals could see Joe Burrow make his playoff debut. You know, I mean, it's a it's it's a we're halfway through, a little bit more than halfway through. But things are, are, are far from decided on, on that AFC side. It's going to be fun. It's going to be very fun. It's going to be very fun. As you said, halfway through the NFL season, we'll come back after the break with some college football. We'll talk about Penn State. What a day Saturday. <laughs> oh, You're listening to No Boundaries. Stick with us right here on Com Radio. Do you love football? Yeah, well, so do we. From hot takes to game recaps to Monday night football previews, we've got you covered. It's New York State of Mind, Mondays, 7 to 8 o'clock. Be there. Hello out there. We're on the air. It's hockey night tonight. You heard that right. Hockey Night in State College is back on Com Radio's airwaves from 7 to 8 p.m. on Wednesday nights with Chris Hess, Danny Murray, and Nate Pullen. That's 7 to 8 p.m. on Wednesday nights right here on Com Radio. Hello there. I am the President of the United States, telling you to tune into Lunch Break. Mondays, 12 to 12.30 on Com Radio. There, hosts Chip DeFalco and Dugan Lloyd break down all the biggest stories in sports and go over the past weekend's NFL slate. It's my new favorite show. Me, the President of the United States. Lunch Break, Mondays from 12 to 12.30, live on Com Radio. Belisario Media Center. It's Zach Donaldson and Connor Griffin talking all sports, anytime, any place, no boundaries. 
right here on Com Radio. And we're back, episode six of No Boundaries. As we said in that glorious bump with Save Your Tears from the weekend, Connor Breffin, Zach Donaldson, right here. I love that song. I've been listening to that nonstop. I know it's been out for months and months. I love that song. Doesn't get old. Doesn't get old. Other bump I love, too, with Clarity by Zed. I don't want to exclude that one. But anyway, we're getting off topic. We got an early show today, too. We have to leave in 20 minutes. So let's get into Penn State football. They lose 21-17 to against Michigan. That is now four out of the last five that they have dropped. Very winnable game. Mm-hmm. Led in the fourth quarter. Another heartbreaking, minimized, very, very close score loss. I'm going to pitch it to you. You said that you wanted to rant on Saturday. You wish yeah. that we could record this show on Saturday. Yep. Let it all out. Yeah, I went to – yeah, I mean, I I went to the game. Um, it was a noon game. It was freezing, but I, I got up and I wanted to to go because I thought this team had a had a chance, and they did have a chance. I had six layers on top, three on the bottom. I was actually pretty warm because I had dressed appropriately. But anyways, off, talket, off topic, Penn State – that was an atrocity. One of the worst games I think I have watched since, I, since I've been a student here. And I, I get Michigan's number six in, in the nation. This is no scrub team by any means. But I think that loss to Michigan was the worst coach loss of the James Franklin era. Really? And, man, yes. And there have been some bad ones. And I, I, I have never – I don't think – even Illinois, I, I – there was just something about it where I was just like that third quarter was horrible. I don't know what James Franklin was thinking. The first drive in the second half, I mean, what, did did he have something against running the ball on back-to-back <laughs> plays? Yeah. Like you would you would get a good run by Kevon Lee and it would be like second and 3. Then you throw a screen for no reason on second down, and then you would drop back to pass on third. And you just get way too fancy with it. Literally, if you would have just pounded the rock, and he was getting he was getting good yardage. Kevon Lee was going. He was he was rolling. He was in a little bit of a groove. Eighty eight yards on the day. Eighty eight yards by on the far day. the best performance we've seen from a running back this season and he should have been fed the rock a lot more I mean Penn State's very fortunate that they were able to convert I think it was three fourth downs on the four it was four it went four for six on fourth downs so even oh I'm just talking about on that one drive I mean three or four either way very fortunate very lucky and it's not even like like they were getting these fourth downs by inches, inches, and they were able to finally get it into the end zone off a miraculous catch by Tyler Warren, and then they were to tie the game on another miraculous catch by Dotson. And then you get a turnover. You're on the 20, and you can't punch it in. Not only that, but you take no time off the clock. Kicking that field goal right there gave Michigan life. You had their you had your foot on the Wolverines throat and you let up. You gave them life, you let them live. Penn State 
literally handed Michigan that win. If it weren't for that miracle drive and some ridiculous catches, the game wouldn't have wouldn't have been close. Um, I, I don't even know if Penn State would have scored. The defense came through with the uh, with the turnover, which it was was much needed. And then the offense could not execute play calling, absolutely horrid. And then that was, I think it was, I didn't verify this, but I think it was Caleb King who got, not beat, but who wasn't in the right position on the touchdown by Eric All. I believe it was Caleb King. Why? I'll I'll just, I'll go off of that play. That entire snap, it might have been King who was the main, you know, I guess you could say, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, Begins with a C. I can't remember. The culprit. Yes, culprit. Thank you. Main culprit. But that entire defensive front as a whole was scrambling around like crazy before Eric All ended up catching that ball and going for the touchdown. It reminded me a lot of the Iowa game. How in the Iowa game, the defense was lights out, absolutely carrying the offense throughout the entirety of that matchup. And then... They do so well the entire day, one play. but one play they let up that's explosive goes to the end zone. It was almost exactly to a T mm-hmm. what it was I in the, the Iowa thing. game. And it, it was because they were not set for that snap. And unfortunately for them, it was 40-something yards for Eric Hall. Mm-hmm. He goes to the end zone, and uh, that's how Penn State yeah, came away with the loss because they then go down. When I say go down, they didn't even go down the field. They tried mm-hmm. to then have that last possession. And they had a, a fourth and what two? Fourth and two. Fourth and two, and they threw a go route to Cam, Cam Sullivan Brown. Brown. No impact all game, let alone all season. I get Dotson was out, but didn't even. I, I don't know. Maybe he wanted to try and get a flag, I don't but know. He, wasn't he didn't even, even give him a him chance though. to yeah. catch, make a play on the ball. And uh, the other thing was the o- offensive line just got dominated all day. I think seven sacks. For Michigan, three for Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, he's a handful, but unacceptable. You look at the just the team stats, it's almost identical. Michigan, 21 first downs, Penn State, 20. Total yards, Michigan had a little bit of an edge, 361 to 332. Passing yards, 217 for Michigan, 223 for Penn State. Um, rushing, they definitely had the advantage in terms of 144 yards versus Penn State's 109. Uh, that shows up in the yards per rush as well. Penalties dead even. Turnovers dead even. This is the real kicker. Time of possession, 30-20 for Michigan, 29-40 for Penn State. That's as close as I have seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, this nuts. was an absolutely identical game on both sides. Penn State, of course, unranked. Michigan number six, but still one-and-a-half point spread. It was expected to be close going in. Mm-hmm. It was expected to be close as we went through the, the game, and then you look at that final box score, and it was extremely close. This was a completely winnable game for Penn State. The fact that they had the, the home field advantage on top of that, you would think that, yeah, they would be able to pull this one out, especially when, as you said, they go down the field and they get that one touchdown from Tyler Warren, and then they tie it up with a two-point conversion. you think that they have the game in their hands. Then... The forced fumble, you're like, oh, my gosh, this absolutely is in their hands. Stadium was back in it. Stadium was back in it after a, a very just dull third quarter. Um, which, going off of that, I, I will say, 
and we got to be off the air in 15 minutes. <laughs> There's so much to talk about with this game. I think the momentum in this game really shifted on the fake field goal in the, I guess it was the first quarter, or definitely first half. Yeah. Penn State's yeah. on the two-yard line, fourth down. I was not a fan when they brought the field goal unit out because I wanted them to keep the offense out there. I was like, the offense has been doing pretty solid so far. They need two yards. Two yards. Give them the chance to, to, to punch it in. And if they don't punch it in, okay, then Michigan starts at the, the one, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I thought that was the play. They bring out the field goal unit. I wasn't happy. And then, of course, they still show that they wanted to get the touchdown as they pull off this fake that ultimately wound up in a, what, a 25-yard loss. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so it was like, okay, well, if you wanted to get the touchdown, then just keep the offense out there. <laughs> no need to bring out all these gimmicks after you just pulled out a gimmick that worked. You know, the, the last special teams play, count your blessings. Just hold on to that, but don't try and force another fake immediately after that. And even if I will say this, because obviously it's easy to, to look back in hindsight and say, oh, that was the wrong play call. Even if that succeeded, I still would have criticized it because yeah. I want the offense out there. If I am my my own head coach, my own football team, and my offense is playing well, I'm rewarding the offense and I'm giving them that opportunity to, to score in that situation. They need two yeah. yards. Yeah. I, I, you roll with that. You don't roll with these gimmick plays. You're spot on. Not to Not to interrupt you, but that was kind of the theme through the whole game. Just these fourth and shorts, these third and shorts, or even second and shorts. After a good run on, on first down, you don't trust your running backs. Yeah. To get two yards, you you'd rather fake a field goal and get you, you. You're essentially saying you have more trust in your kicker, at the goal line, than your uh, your running back to to get two yards, or even Sean. Yeah. Or even t- heck, even Tyler Warren. You send a bad message to your team. You give the opposing team. A lot, a lot of momentum if it goes wrong, which, of course, it did. Not to mention, yeah, Michigan didn't do anything on that next offensive drive. But think about how that impacts the next couple of drives because then they punt the ball away. Instead of having to punt it pinned against their own end zone, they punted it away from around the 30 or the 40. And now Penn State is getting it deep in their own territory. And that has a ripple effect. Like Penn State really could have had – cause a cascade of problems. Obviously, you want to punch it in if you're Penn State, but let's say they don't. Okay, Michigan's now starting their drive off at the one. They're probably not even going to be able to pick up a first down, and then you have this advantage in field position throughout the next couple of possessions, and maybe you score. So that was something that really rubbed me the wrong way. Also, another thing that rubbed me the wrong way, and I don't know if they brought this up on the TV broadcast. Um, Yes, I still think you trust the offense to go out there on fourth and two at the the two-yard line. Yes, I still think that you trust Sean Clifford, but the one reason why they were in that situation on fourth down was because Sean Clifford, on his pass to Theo Johnson the play before, didn't put it on the numbers, made Theo Johnson have to reach out for the pass, and instead of being able to easily walk into the end zone for Theo Johnson, he has to have his momentum take him towards the sideline, and he's unable to regain it in the, the midst of the field. And in the midst of the play, and he's now tumbling towards the sidelines, he needs to reach for the pylon, can't reach it. If that's put on the numbers, that's a touchdown. Yeah, very and true. Just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, no, I didn't. I totally forgot about that. I'm too focused on just the horrific play calling. I yeah. totally forgot about the, the execution. Sean was, Sean was, he was all right. Didn't I mean, have his best game. Especially for, his. no, not at all, but I mean, the, the he's he's not a good quarterback under pressure. We, we know that. We, we've seen that. He hasn't really improved, maybe slightly, but. Obviously, this was probably the most 
pressure he's faced all, all season and yeah. he did not didn't respond respond too well and the coaches the coaching didn't help him out yeah it was a lot of questionable decisions um time management not the best and yeah Penn State they lose a game they easily could have won their season goes from hey at least we could maybe make the Rose Bowl and go to a New Year's yeah. Six if we you know finish the season strong now yeah you're thinking Music City Bowl yeah, pinstripe. Uh, pinstripe Bowl yeah. <laughs> it, it's a it's a real shame to see what's happened and yeah this was the final nail in the coffin really doesn't really matter what Penn State does the rest of the way. Even if they do beat Michigan State last week of the season, yeah. you're stuck in this mediocrity of the season. It, it's really a bummer. Um, and you thought maybe, yeah, they they would have pulled it off, but yeah. oh well. I know we I know we don't have much time, but I got I want to ask: Did this change your opinion on Franklin? As a little the bit. Leader of the team, yeah. Because yeah, I, I, I think this was the first time that we've seen in game. Maybe a, a lack of focus, maybe. Yeah, he seems. I mean, not to. I'm not saying I could do his job, but there was a lot of times, especially in that third quarter, where I think the play call was very obvious, and he went with something so ridiculously stupid. It was second and three, and you 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 decide to throw a screen or or you run flood or uh, etc. I just. I mean his 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 in-game, you know, decisions are, are very very questionable. I think with any competent coach, I think Penn State wins that game. Well, that's he's a competent coach. Yeah, I know, but you know, I, I some of that some of those decisions, man. I mean, obviously he's what four New Year's Six Bowls. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's he's had he's had mass you know a, a lot of success, especially. Considering where Penn State was not too long ago, ten years ago, um, but but yeah, I I just that was a he's 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 a bad he's a bad in game coach. He can be a very bad in game coach, especially in in the big games. Yeah, uh, and I'm ready to say that, and I'm ready to admit that. We'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I was so just devastated on Saturday. It was like. That could have been a huge win for this program. Yeah, it um, could have been enormous. I was ready to rush the field, man. Can I can I be honest? I would have hated if the the people did that. If really, fans? I would have hated that so much. Eh. I know because I, I know people who were talking about it. Yeah, I get where you're coming from. I kind of part of me feels the same way, but again, number six team in the th- country, technically Penn State's unranked. You know. Well, because my whole yeah. argument this season, and we were going to get into NBA. I don't know if we're going to get into NBA at this point. We could just keep focusing on this. I don't know. Is um, we got about a f- t- yeah seven eight yeah. minutes. Yeah, we can just that. keep on that. We got to get to women's basketball in a little bit for our broadcast there. But when it comes to this team, yeah, they were unranked. But my whole argument always was, this is yeah an unranked team. But if Sean Clifford's healthy, this is a yeah. top ten, top fifteen team. They beat Iowa. They won't lose to Illinois. Yep. Yeah, okay, they they still lose to Ohio State. But, okay, they're one loss, maybe two, and they are picking up these big wins against Wisconsin and Auburn. And, yeah, you maybe, again, using this hypothetical, they beat Iowa. And, like, the whole dynamic of the season is completely different. The talent is there. Mm-hmm. And in this game, I, yeah, I just don't think that the talent was used 
properly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that's why I was not a fan of this whole idea. Oh yeah, we're gonna storm the field. It's because no, it, we can't say. Oh yeah, we're a great team. We should be ranked. If Sean Clifford doesn't get hurt, then the season's totally different. We can't be saying that. And then yeah, we beat Michigan, and then they storm the field. It doesn't go that way. Because if sense. you if you storm the field, then it's like you're admitting. Oh yeah, we're unranked, and we have three losses, and they're all warranted, and this team is not as good as they really are. Makes sense. If that may, yeah, that, that was just my whole take on it. Totally. But. Totally from, a, I guess, a technical perspective when you look at it like that. But yeah. just from a fan's perspective, I've never rushed the field. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. There, you know, there's I, that urge. You were getting that, that itch. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is, this is going to be awesome. Uh, something I definitely, you know, I'll never forget. Um, but unfortunately, it didn't shake out that way. Yeah, so. And they, yeah, you, you mentioned it. It's, it's, it's even worse when you just think it comes down to one bad hit. One bad hit on Sean Clifford. Yeah. And look, if Penn State doesn't lose to Illinois, I think you look back on this season right now and it's like, okay, yeah. We, we played the number three team in the country at their house. And, yeah, we lost and we could have won that game. But, you know, things happen. Sean Clifford goes down. What are you going to do? Like, we were the better team there. We could live with that. You lose to Ohio State. You battled the whole game. Made it close on the road against the number five team in the country. You live with that loss. Mm-hmm. This loss little bit more infuriating. But still, number six team in the country. Okay, you, you, you make it very close with them too. Not a bad season no. at all. If you're sitting here at seven and – or pardon me. Would it be seven to three? Yeah, seven and three without the Illinois loss. But the Illinois loss really makes you grind your gears a bit because now yeah. they've dropped four of their last five. And you're having a question like, yeah, how good is this team really? Yeah, that I mean, at, at least to me, I, I feel like that was just – you know, Franklin kind of checked out in a sense after that. Maybe. So, I mean, it's, I guess it's hard not to in a way, but it's inexcusable. Um, it's inexcusable. They take on Rutgers this week. Um, are you staying for the game? You know what? I was I was going to originally. Um, if we would have won versus Michigan, might have been different. But, you know, my brother – and uh, the Bishop Shanahan Eagles won their district, district champions. So now they're going to the PIAA state playoffs. On and the the, the opening round is on Friday. So I think I'm gonna chalk the Michigan or excuse me, chalk the Rutgers game. It's a noon one anyways, yeah. and I'm gonna head home on Friday and get to see him play. That makes sense. Yeah, I know a lot of people who are saying, ah, I want to go home. I want to just like chill in my bed. Uh, I'm not gonna go to the Rutgers game. I'm gonna go, and that that yeah. makes me a little bit mad. Yeah, if, uh, yeah. If there wasn't a, a concrete reason for me to go home, I would probably stay, especially because I I bought the ticket. Yeah. So, but yeah, my I'm last not. game in Beaver Stadium. I yeah, know for the year, and then yeah, for us seniors. So, ooh. wild. I'm gonna get emotional. We're gonna go to a break. Um, but yeah, we'll come back. We'll have our quick little sign off, and then we'll pitch it to women's basketball. Our, our coverage of that. But you are listening to No Boundaries right here on Com Radio. Hey, Cade. Hey, Emily. Did you know that Mr. Rogers was a pastor before his television show? No, I didn't. Well, did you also know that Ted Bundy escaped prison two different times? Wait a minute. This is a lot coming at me right now. How do you know all this? I listen to our talk show, Documentary Deep Focus. Oh, the one every Tuesday at 445? That's it. Well, I can't wait to see you there. Tune in on Com Radio to hear what Emily and I find out this week on Documentary Deep Focus. 
Meet the ducks, meet the ducks. Step right up and greet the ducks. Bring your kitties, bring your wife. Listen live every Tuesday night. Cause the ducks are really talking about ball. Knocking them hot takes over the wall. East side, west side. Everybody's tuning in to meet the D-U-C-K-S of Com Radio from 845 to 9.45. And we're back here for No Boundaries, our final sign-off segment before we head off the air. Zach, did you see anything today, anything this week that you wanted to bring to the world's attention? Kind of. I Have you seen the... You know the one, the one dude on Twitter. His name's Jamal, and is there <laughs> a last name? Well, no. I'll get the. It's I, I don't know his last name. I off the top of my head, I can see if I can find the tweet. But it's the the one. I think it's, this is number. This is the sixth year. It's the dude who got the accident. Accidentally got texted. Um, somebody's grandma accidentally texted him. Got the wrong number and say thanks. Said Thanksgiving at my place. You know come whenever yada 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 and he's like whose number is this and she was like i do remember that. you know that is you send it and then they sent a picture and he was like you're not my grandma he's like can i still get a plate though and she's like sure come on in and that has been going on for six years now and i think it, it gets brought up every year around thanksgiving and i think that may or may not be the biggest w in internet history every time i see it every year it makes me smile I like that. I don't have anything as cool as that. I was just going to say the Spider-Man trailer is dropping in about yeah, two hours. Yeah, I was thinking about that one, too. Uh, so I'm very excited for that. But I hope they don't reveal too much. No, they probably will. Yeah, it's Sony. They do that all the time. Um, oh, wow. As I'm scrolling through Twitter right now, Stephen A. Smith says, uh, I think LeBron has won his last title ever. I think it's over. Wow. Bold. Bold. I mean... That's another conversation for another time. Yeah, we don't we, have enough time for that today. We got to go. Where can they find you, Zach? You can find me on Twitter at Zach Donaldson underscore all social media outlets for that matter. And follow the show's account at N Zero Boundaries. This episode will be posted as soon as possible for you to re-listen or and, listen. There we go. Again. And I'm at Real C. Griff on all socials. That's going to do it for us. Connor Griffin, Zach Donaldson. Stay tuned for Penn State women's basketball coming up in 20. And catch us next week at 6.15. Hopefully we'll be back to regularly scheduled programming. This has been No Boundaries right here on Com Radio. Peace.